Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I feel like I'm constantly reminding myself that we are all carrying around different stressors, big and small. But when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And naturally, that can start to affect everything else around us, too. Therapy can be a safe place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I know that therapy isn't for everyone, but it definitely has benefited me in the past with learning how to sit with my feelings, set boundaries with people, and I don't know, learn how to function with a little less shame. But if you are thinking of starting therapy and access has been hard for you, maybe better help is the right fit. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. You can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MakeYourBed today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MakeYourBed. Good morning, good morning, sunshine. Welcome to another day of the Make Your Damn Bed podcast. Yesterday, we started digging into the concept of climate anger. And according to the Journal of Climate Change and Health, they find that the frustration and anger that we feel about the climate crisis are adaptive responses. Experiences of injustice or unfairness do tend to provoke group-based anger, motivating collective and not individual action. So if we think about climate change as an injustice, generationally, socially, and geographically, the equally strong Ego, anger, personal behavior association suggests that in the climate change context, the ego angry recognize the importance of addressing their own daily behaviors as a part of the collective goal of mitigating climate change as a whole. And the reason I've been bringing this up at all is because we have a tendency to push down our emotions, especially those considered uncomfortable like anger. We're taught to shake it off. And then ideally, once we've alchemized that into action, the anger will leave and we won't have to sit with it anymore. But sometimes anger will linger and sometimes problems will outlast our generation. And because of that reality, a lot of people respond to anger and fear and sadness about climate injustice as irrational. They think that it's too much or it's crazy because it'll never go away. But I think there's room for hope and anger. There's room for recognizing that we can be angry, take action, and still be angry. And we can also create a home for anger that doesn't eat us alive 
And instead, it can become a fire source or an energy resource that we can come back to when we need it. And there's an article called Why Fear and Anger Are Rational Responses to the Climate Change, which I've linked in the show notes, written by Quan Wen. And he says, so not only are children who are angry and scared about climate change rational, they might be more so than the adults criticizing them. Emotions play a bigger part in life beyond rationality. They mark values and indicate what people care about. Fear of the future and anger at an action are ways that young people can express their values. Their emotions are, in the words of feminist writer Audre Lorde, an invitation to the rest of society to speak. And when I read that, I couldn't get over what a beautiful take that was about the climate crisis, for sure, but just in general, when we think about the rationality of emotions we tend to delineate between the two, that you can't be rational and emotional, when in reality, often the most rational response to things is an emotional response. In fact, from my perspective, there's nothing more rational than having an emotional response to something that actually affected you emotionally. But the article goes on to say, a lot of social change has happened because of anger against injustice, empowering the weak and oppressed, while causing those in power to fear they may be ousted. That leads to reforms and change, saying, of course, we do need scientific understanding of the climate crisis to solve it, but banning emotions from the debate and dismissing rational fear and anger about climate change may encourage people to do nothing. When we dismiss the emotions of school children, it not only invalidates their rational responses to grave situations, but it implicitly states that their values aren't taken seriously and that adults don't want to reach out to them. And in an article from yesmagazine.org called Does the Climate Crisis Inspire Anger by Sarah Lazarovic, who says on the subject, it's a privilege to get to choose how to communicate climate change, to mute emotion and anger where the people most affected by the climate crisis right now have no such luxury. And to narrow communications to some sort of measured key is a de facto way of excluding voices, the indigenous, low income, youth women from the conversations. Only calm men in starched white shirts with not too much to lose are allowed to frame this pinky-in-the-air discourse. She goes on to say, plus, this idea that anger doesn't work as a climate communication tool may be just that. As climate change increases rapidly, our sentiments, ideas, and tactics are changing too. So why not try to get ahead of it and leverage our anger? Polls show that our willingness to have our leaders do more is at an all-time high. Seeing our governments not moving fast enough induces frustration. And what is frustration but anger with a few more syllables? And I find these conversations and reminders to be incredibly empowering. And they remind me that we're not alone in this and that there are so many fucking people that feel exactly the same way and that the bad guys are actually getting scared. Because why else would they try to keep us so divided and so hopeless, if not for their own fear? But on the topic, I wanted to leave you with one more quote from the incredible Michaela Loach, who is a badass current climate activist, who I will be doing a deep dive on, I'm sure, after I finish their book, because I've gotten so many sticky notes covering this thing, and I'm like three chapters in. But until then, I'll share this post from her words. To fight for the long run, you need to find both what makes your heart break and what makes it swell out of your chest. We need to be angry, 
outraged and heartbroken about the harm and the violence that is being caused. But we also need to find that thing that mends your heart. The hope for something better that excites you so much that your heart swells out of your chest. It is when we have both of these parts that we get to a place where there is no choice but to act in a way which will form new worlds. We can't help ourselves. The prospect of creating something better is what we can't ignore. So when I said earlier using that anger that's always there as your source of motivation, I don't mean that it has to become the only source you have. I simply mean making space for all of the emotions so that they can continue to light you up rather than feel like another thing that weighs you down. And I lied, I have one more quote from Emily Atkin, who wrote, I know that when I'm angry, I'm driven to act. And I know that when I act, I feel better. And I think that's so powerful. Embrace the downs that got you to pick yourself back fucking up and embrace the ups because they will have to coexist with the downs at some point. Anyway, I thought I was done with yesterday's episode and then I found all these wonderful quotes and had to share them with you, but they are linked in the show notes if you want to check them out. As always, in the meantime, I love you so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I'll talk to you tomorrow while you make your damn bed. Bye, cutie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.